I think that's it for announcement stuff. So here's what uh, we are talking about today. Uh, for the last few weeks now, months, I don't know how long, uh, really all for the fall, we've been talking about what we call our essential beliefs. Uh, there are things that, uh, the way we talk about it is we have this idea of like the, the we. That there's like a group of people who have said like, we are a part of Christchurch Albany. Church not building, it's a group of people. And so who is Christchurch Albany? group of people are like, it, it, it's, it's me, it, it's we. And what that means, and you don't necessarily have to be a part of Christchurch Albany. You can come here, you can visit, you can check things out. But who the people are that are a part of the we are people that say, okay, I believe this certain group of things. And not just like intellectually, but it's, there's this group of beliefs, and this is how I want to live my life. This is what I, this is the, the code, this is the direct, this is the things that I'm going to make the most important things in my life. And we're all working at it, we're all, you know, sometimes we have better days, worse days, but that's who Christchurch Albany is. This is this group of people that we don't agree on everything, we don't all vote the same way, we do lots of things different ways, but who Christchurch Albany is is a group of people that are believing and trying to live out these beliefs. And so these are the six beliefs uh, that we consider our essential beliefs. Uh, we cover Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, Bible. Uh, and today we are looking at this idea of salvation. What does it mean to be saved? Uh, what is it? What's kind of the purpose of what God is doing? He says he's trying to bring salvation to the world. And what I want to do, we've been looking at all these, and we have what I think is right, but we have a unique take on some of these different beliefs. And here's what I want you to come with, away with today as we talk about salvation. Is I think that what can happen is sometimes there can be wrong views of salvation, but what I think happens more, uh, what I think is maybe the temptation that I fall into, maybe you fall into, whole churches can fall into, is that when it comes to salvation, we don't necessarily define it wrong, we define it too narrow. That we take what I think is this really big, deep, rich concept of salvation, and we shrink it down to just one aspect of it. And I want to make sure everyone hears, that aspect that sometimes we shrink it down to is absolutely true, it's absolutely right, and it's absolutely important. But if we take salvation and just bring it down to that smallest denominator, we miss so much more of what God is trying to do in the world. And so here's what I mean by that. I shrink this down. So, for instance, if I was to say Christmas. Christmas is a holiday that happens on December 25th. All of you would be like, yeah, okay, that's, that, that's true. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that statement. But Christmas is a lot more than that. I mean, that's I mean that's that's a true mark of it. But it's Christmas is it, it, on the inside, the traditions, you know what it does. It's way bigger than that, isn't it? Well, of course it is. Uh, or this, if I said marriage, marriage is two people who kiss. That's how my daughter might find it. You know, like, oh, you guys kiss, you guys marry. Hey, is that true? I, I hope in most marriages, hopefully that's. Yeah, I hope that's a thing that's happening in marriages. But is that all that marriage is? Does that describe everything that's happening in a marriage? No, a marriage is way bigger than that, way deeper than that. 
And so for salvation, how salvation is often defined is this. Uh, salvation is the forgiveness of personal, my personal sins, so that when you die, you can go to heaven. And I think that that statement is absolutely true. I think it's right. I think it's incredibly important. But the idea of salvation we're going to talk about today is way bigger, way deeper. And if we minimize the idea of salvation to just forgiveness of sins so that you can go to heaven someday, we miss so much of what God is trying to do in the world. Uh, and that's a big, big deal, because when we talk about the idea of salvation, this is kind of like, in some ways, like the thing. Like, this is, this is like what God is doing. This is like what God wants to do in us. And as a church, even, this is what, like, we are trying to do. You know, as we look at other folks, you know, whoever lives in those houses, whoever we're going to see at grocery stores, it, it's as we look at all the rest of the people in the world, what we believe is that God wants to bring salvation to all of them. So what does that mean? It's important that we have a big idea. Uh, here's what the Apostle Paul uh, says in Romans 1 about this idea of salvation. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And gospel is a big word that is the idea of good news. It's a proclamation that something has happened that is really, really good. And it's the power of God. This is what God, God is using all of his power to do this thing. And it brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so here's the question we want to look at. Is if we take salvation as just that idea of it's a forgiveness of personal sins so that you can go to heaven. Is that always good news for people who hear. Um, for instance, uh, a couple weeks ago, I got a really neat uh, opportunity. Uh, there's a group uh, in our area called Joseph's House. They're one of the nonprofits we work with through our uh, Serve Albany initiative. And they help out with uh, uh, homeless individuals in lots of different ways. But one of the programs they have is they have a van that drives all around Albany. It's called the Outreach Van. You can look around, you might uh, see it. And they go around and they help folks that are homeless and unsheltered. Uh, and that was a crazy stat that I learned from them. There is right now over 720 that they know of where they consider to be folks that are homeless and they are regularly, even when it's really cold out, not often going in shelters. Uh, and there's lots of different reasons for that. And so this van will go around and it will help give people what they need to try to try to help those folks. And I got a chance to do a ride along with them, so I get to go around for about four hours, and it was mind-blowing in a lot of ways. Uh, you could check them out, actually, on our Serve All Me page, and this way you can volunteer for them, and I encourage you to go for an organization to do something with. But they pointed folks out to me that I just had been missing. I mean, we went through Washington Park. We went to be all around this neighborhood, and, like, they you know, Little grove of trees that I've walked past a million times. Who knows? There's, there's, there's a couple people that that's that they're, they're sleeping back there. Uh, an underpass that I drive through all the time at the very top. You know, there's a couple people in sleeping bags. You know, a couple uh, abandoned houses on the porch there. There's some people that are living there, and we would drive around and we would engage them in conversation. 
But if I got out of the van and I talked to these individuals, I said, hey, I have good news. You can go to the next slide here, Kane. I have good news for you. Your sins are forgiven, and you're going to go to heaven when you die someday. Would that be good news for them? And, oh, yes, that, 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 that is true. And if I could get them to believe that, that would be good news. But they would also be standing there in front of me, and they need food, and they need shelter, and they need clothes, and they need a hot meal, and they need mental support, and they need social support, and they, need, they have so many different other things. And do we think that the God of heaven who's looking down on them it is the biggest thing that as he's looking down on those human beings in these really difficult circumstances, is that does God just want to forgive their sins and make sure that when they go to heaven to die, or does God who loves them and knows their name, does he have a bigger plan of what he wants to do in their life right now? Are there other things in their life that he would like to make right? Are there other things that God would like to use his power to make good, to save, to make right? And I think he absolutely does. Uh, or another one. Uh, one of the things that uh, I get to do, uh, a decent amount of things I do for my jobs, I'll meet with different people, meet with uh, some of you. And often, when folks want to meet with me, it's usually not like, Good news. <laughs> Usually, people don't like say, "Hey, John, I really want to get coffee, and I just want to let you know things are going great. Everything's wonderful. Uh, I wish I would have more. So feel free to call me if you just want to let me know all the good things in your life." Usually, they want to get together and they, then they start talking about something really painful in their life. Sometimes it's a relationship of there's something going on with their kids, and it's just, it, they feel like that they're like losing their relationship, or sometimes it's in their Relationship, romantic relationship, maybe their marriage, and they just feel like that their marriage is falling away, and they say like, this is heading towards divorce, and they're just like so broken up about it, or there's something in their financial world, or there's something in their life that just feels like it's just falling apart. And if I were to look at them and say, I have good news for you, I, I, I hear that, that sounds so hard right now, but did you know your sins are forgiven, and when you're going to go to heaven someday? Like, that, that, that's good. But like, John, I'm, they're leaving me. Uh, that my kid won't return my phone calls. Like, did you hear the number I said of how much debt we are in? Like, I, I, that's good news, though. Like, is there anything that God can do for me right now? And I believe absolutely that God wants to do something right now. Because the idea of salvation is for sure this, but... God also wants to do something right here, right now, to move your life forward. Uh, in uh, Luke uh, chapter 19, uh, uh, the way we know everything about Jesus is uh, there's four guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, at least four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who wrote down the things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus did. Uh, and again, in Luke, this is one of the things that he recorded that Jesus did. Did is he uh, met this guy? His name's uh, Zacchaeus, and here's the story. Because so one day Jesus entered uh, Jericho, and he was passing. And as he was passing through, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Uh, and this maybe doesn't mean a ton to us now, but that would have been like a big like, oh, okay, like we know who this guy is two thousand years ago. 
Uh, because 2,000 years ago, about the worst thing you could be was to be a tax collector. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, I don't know, any of us like paying taxes now. If, if you, whoever likes the, if there's a political party that's raising your taxes, you might not be all that happy with them for the moment. But back then, what tax collecting meant was that who was collecting taxes was the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was like the villain. They were the ones that had invaded Israel. They were the ones that had conquered. They were the ones who were oppressing. Everything that was difficult about life in 2,000 years ago, Judea, Israelite, Jewish life, they would point at all and say it's, it's Rome's fault. They're the ones that are causing so much hardships. And to be a tax collector meant that you went intentionally, on purpose, you volunteered, you raised your hand, and said, I'm going to go and work for the Roman government. And not only am I going to work for the, for the Roman government, but I'm going to intentionally work for them in such a way that I am taking usually unfair amounts of money from my own people. And I'm using it to get rich on my own. Uh, I think maybe the most modern-day thing we would have for this in our day is if 80 years ago, you know, 1940, you know, beginning of World War II, if you were a Jewish person and you went and worked for the German government and went and worked for Hitler and you were intentionally working to oppress your own people, you can imagine the emotion of like if your brother made that decision, if your friend that you grew up with, and now this person that like, we're like from the same group, and now you're actively working to like destroy our lives. You're working for the enemy. This was just someone that everyone looked at as a traitor, as evil, as bad of a person as you could possibly be. That's who Zacchaeus was. But for whatever reason, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. So Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And Jesus was coming that way. So he's kind of up, he's kind of checking out who Jesus is. When Jesus uh, reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. And then when Jesus said this, the people around would have been like, oh, game on. Like, Jesus is like this like, religious leader, you know, rabbi, teacher, and here's this like, evil person up in the tree. What's he even doing here? You know, how dare you show your face around here? And she's like, you come down here immediately. Like, Jesus is about to like rip this guy a new one. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be good. Everyone gather around. But Jesus went in a different direction. Uh, Jesus said, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And it's such a huge deal of who Jesus always is. Is there so many times where, like, the people that religious people think, oh, Jesus is going to come out and Jesus is going to be, he's going to wave his finger, just be so mad at them. And even the people who think, I need to, like, stay, I'm going to hang up here in the tree. You know, I don't really want Jesus to even see me because if Jesus knew who I was and what I'm about, he, he, he's not going to love me, he's not going to welcome me. He's going to be mad at me. But that's not who Jesus is. Uh, the religious leaders on the other hand were upset. Uh, all the people saw this and they began to mutter, he has gone to the guests of a sinner. Like, how dare Jesus hang out with these people? And I, I just such, I love this all so much. Uh, one of the things that 
I think shapes so much of how we do church here at Christ Church Albany is uh, my own experiences, some of your experiences. Uh, so you know, I've told the story before. Uh, my first shot ever, like trying to do my own kind of church service, was when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, the church I went to, we had a gymnasium, and so they would do Sunday night church with the adults in the sanctuary, and then the gymnasium. Uh, we got permission, and a friend of mine, we started our own service, and we invited all of our friends, and so I was a football player, so I got like, a lot of my football uh, friends to come, and we sent all these people, and most of them weren't church people, and so they were acting like non-church people, so there were people out and back, and they were smoking behind the building and making out behind the building, but they were, they were there at church, and I thought it was like, so awesome. And one of the elders of the church, you know, 15, 16 years old, this like 70-year-old guy, backed me in the corner and waved his finger in my nose and said, how dare you get those people in my church? And that's the thought, right? It's church for people that are cleaned up and look good. And that was this guy, these folks' idea, is that they saw Jesus hanging out with this sinner person. Uh, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, come back to that. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Big, big deal. And then Jesus said this. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. But the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So here's our question. What did Jesus mean by that? Did Jesus mean that today that man has made a decision? And so since he made that decision, now his personal sins are forgiven, so he's going to go to heaven someday? And that's what he meant by Zacchaeus has found salvation? I think if you could go back 2,000 years ago and ask Zacchaeus, hey, on that day even, like what happened today? Zacchaeus would say something amazing has happened. But the idea of personal forgiveness of sins and even the idea of going to heaven, while I think true, wouldn't have even been on Zacchaeus' radar. But he would have for sure said something really good has happened today. And maybe even more so, the folks that were around him, the poor people that were around him, that now we're going to get half of his money, the people that he'd been cheating all these years would be like, oh, no, no, something really good has happened to Zacchaeus today. There is some good news. And to Zacchaeus personally, on the inside, something radical had changed in him. Because uh, I think Zacchaeus is a great representative of what happens in a lot of our lives and the decisions that a lot of us make. Uh, one time, Jesus said this uh, big statement, the idea that it's possible to gain the whole world lose your soul. And that's a story that so many folks have, have lived out. This idea that, it's like, okay, I, I want to gain the world, whatever that means to you. I, I want to be happy. I, I want to I live the life. I just want to be content and happy on the inside. I want to achieve the American dream. You know, I, just, I want that. And we have some sort of a system, we've talked about this before, that we think will get us there. And often, it's the same as what Zacchaeus is. Zacchaeus thought, here's going to be my key of how I'm going to gain the world, is I'm going to get money, and I'm going to get power. Uh, he was the chief 
tax collector. He was now, he wasn't just like, he was in charge. And by doing this, he'd become very wealthy. But what happens to, I think, to Zacchaeus and what's happened to many folks, maybe it happened to you, is that we like worked, 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 and we thought like, man, once like, this is really hard, you know, like once I get that promotion someday, it's going to be worth it. And maybe on the way to get the promotion, or once we've got it, like, I, I, I gained the world, but now as I look back, like, I, I've been so focused on my job, I've been ignoring my kids, I've been ignoring my wife, I've been ignoring my friends, I've been ignoring my relationship with God, I've been ignoring my physical health, I'm like, I got it, I gained what I've been working for that I thought was going to make me happy, it turns out it's not actually making me as happy as I thought it was. And now I realize I've actually lost so much in the process. And I think that this was the story for Zacchaeus. Is Zacchaeus all like the way in which I've been trying to, I thought this was going to make me happy. I thought this was going to be the best way to live. But in fact, in the process of it, I've, I've lost my soul. And so what I think happened is I think somehow Zacchaeus, Jesus was a big deal back then, his teacher, rabbi, and Jesus was teaching this brand new way of life. And so Zacchaeus is having this existential moment that many of us have where we're like, I, just, I'm, I should be happy, but I'm not. I just, all these things, you know, that should be making me happy. Isn't there a better way to live? And somehow he had heard about this guy, Jesus, who's teaching a new and radically different way to live. And he made a decision. I want to go see who this Jesus guy really is. I want to see if like, maybe the way in which he's teaching is actually, maybe it could help me. Maybe it could be a better way. Uh, and then, of course, he went and he wanted to go be the guest of, of Jesus, and he got to spend some time with Jesus, and some other folks didn't like that, but it's so important. Zacchaeus is spending time with Jesus, and he's like still a sinner. Uh, he hasn't like changed anything in his life yet. He hasn't, he, we don't know what he believes or doesn't believe about who Jesus is, but Jesus absolutely wants to spend time with him. But then something happens, I think, in Zacchaeus' mind. Through that process of hearing things about Jesus, wanting to know more about Jesus, now he's at dinner and he's watching Jesus and how he interacts, something clicks in his mind. That, all right, I think this guy is on to something. I think this, this rabbi, these things that he's been teaching, this, this, some people are saying maybe he's the Messiah. I think that this guy might actually be on to something. And so something pops in Zacchaeus' mind, and then he makes a huge statement. He says, here's who I think you are, Jesus. I'm going to make you, starting today, I'm going to make you my Lord. And the idea of Lord wasn't just like a polite, you know, wasn't you know, like even a religious idea at that point. It was the idea of, I'm going to make you in charge. You are now in, in charge of the decisions of my life. Whatever you say to do, I'm going to do that way. I'm going to make you the king of my life. I'm going to make you the master, the ruler of everything I do in my life. All those things that you're teaching, I'm going to do. So I've been thinking I'm going to get wealthy. You say actually the key to happiness is not to gain a bunch of wealth, but actually to give money away. Okay, your work. I'll do it. 
Uh, I've been thinking that the way the happiness is becoming the chief tax collector to be in charge of a high position, but you say it's actually the Smith, it's to serve, it's to be meek. Yeah, that's not the way I have been doing it. But because you said so, I will do it. Uh, here's the way uh, I like to think about it is that he is making this statement that uh, I've been trying to do things my way. Uh, I've been trying to, uh, this slide other fan. Yeah, my way is not working. I've been trying to do it my way, I'm trying to handle finance my way, I'm trying to handle relationships, and it is not working. So here's the decision I'm going to make today is I'm going to try your way instead. Uh, I'm going to make, instead of me being the Lord of my life, I'm going to make you Lord of my life. Uh, fancy religious word for that we use sometimes is the idea of repent. Uh, I was going this way, I thought this was the way to live. Now I've learned a new way, the Jesus way, what we think is a better way. So I'm gonna whoop, I'm gonna go a different way. And on hearing that, then Jesus makes this huge statement that today salvation has come to this house. Which I think has the idea that he was forgiven of his sins and he's going to go to heaven someday. But I think the bigger thing is he's like, today you have made a decision of who's going to be in charge of your life. And if you decide that you are going to make me in charge of your life, that is going to lead to good news. And that's going to be the best you're going to find instead of gaining the whole world and losing your soul. You're going to actually find what real peace, what real contentment, what real love looks like. And that's the idea of salvation. Uh, here's what I want to make sure we all get today. Is that salvation is not just, it is, it's not just a decision. Uh, it's a lifestyle. Salvation is not just like an intellectual belief of like, all right, do I believe that there really was a guy named Jesus? I believe that he rose from the dead. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll get around that in my head. Okay. And then you move on and do whatever else you want to do the rest of your life. It's more than that. Uh, here's a couple other ways to uh, think about it and help us hopefully understand. So for a long time, the way I thought about the idea of salvation uh, was this. And maybe this is what you've seen before, too. Is that you have a part of your life where you're just a center, you know, you're doing center type, type stuff, whatever that means. And then, at some point, you make a decision. Okay, I am going to follow Jesus, I'm going to become a Christian, I'm going to get baptized, I'm going to go through confirmation, you know, whatever that means. And at that point, now you have made that decision. So now you're in the club. You're going to go to heaven someday. Uh, when I was a kid, we called this getting fire insurance. I don't know. I, so, you know. I've made a decision. At that point, you're in. You have reached salvation. And then there's this other stuff. Yeah, you know, all the stuff that Jesus talked about, like giving money away, and you know, you gotta deal with your anger issue at some point, and you gotta like respect your parents, and you gotta forgive people, and even when people are being a real tool to you, you gotta like find a way to love them. And there's all of it's like that's that's all good stuff that Jesus taught, and of course, there's some people, and they like get fanatical about the stuff. They become like real radical type Christians, you know, and they become like the you know leaders of churches. They really get into this idea of what we call discipleship, but really, all of that is just optional. I mean, if you decide you want to do that, that's fine. But like, you made the decision, you're in, you're in. If you want to do that stuff, that's fine. But you don't really need to worry about it because. 
this is really what's most important. And when you think about the idea of following Jesus through like a normal relationship context, this is crazy. This is a really funky way to think about all this. Uh, so if you put it in like the terms of like another relationship that maybe we understand, the idea of like, okay, so in marriage, if there was a part of my life where I was single and I could do whatever I want, I don't need to call anybody, you know, I just live my own free life. And then at some point I decide, okay, I'm gonna make a decision, I'm gonna have a wedding. And at that point, now like I get it, there's, there's tax benefits for getting married, so that's pretty cool. You know, maybe if we live from different countries, you know, I can get a green card now, that's kind of handy. And uh, you know, now like there's like kind of legal perks that now I get, and, and now I always wanted to have a wedding, I wanted wedding photos, that would be super cool. So now I have achieved that. But then there's like all this other stuff. I mean, we could like we can move in together, and we can like have date nights, and we can like have raise kids together. And we can you can read marriage books and go to marriage conferences and actually develop like a deeper and better relationship. And I mean, sure, there's there's some relationships that do that, but really the most important part is the insurance. You know, it's the green card. It's the, you know now that I got like the, the the legal part done, the rest of it really doesn't matter. That, that would be crazy. I mean, I I don't know what you guys thought. That my wedding was fine, and like getting the insurance perk, oh, you know, you get you know all kind of neat stuff. But this was like the whole point. I, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with Ashley. I wanted to wake up in the morning and her be there. I wanted to go to bed at night and her be there. I wanted to live my life and go as deep in relationship with her. It's like this was the whole goal, and this was just kind of the start of it. And really the only reason why you ever do this and not do this is if you didn't really actually like the person. If you were convinced that I'm, I think that all of this is actually going to be a burden, it's going to be a drag, it's going to be, I, I, I'm really not, this feels like the uncomfortable part. Then well, why would you want that? But if you are convinced my life is going to be better than it was when I was, my, everything is going to be deeper, better, this is actually the better way to live. And I want to go as far into that as I possibly can. And that's the way that I think we should think about salvation with Jesus. It's the idea like, the only reason why you want to go to heaven, but I'm not really going to do that discipleship part, right? It's because I'm not really convinced that the Jesus way is actually that great. I'm not convinced that living my life with Jesus would actually be that one. What actually kind of seems like a drag. So it's like, just get me into heaven. And uh, But if you were convinced that I think that the way of Jesus is the best way to live, then of course you want all of that. Uh, here's a, a, another way to uh, phrase it. Sometimes people we'll talk about the idea of minimum requirements for entry. Uh, or someone's last question, what must I do to be saved? And what they're really asking here is like, okay, like, I mean, I, I want the idea of going to heaven, but like, what do I have to do? Like, what's, what's, you know, do I get baptized? I'm fine, I'll do that, you know? Okay, do I gotta start going to church? I'm not going to church every Sunday, but like, Christmas, Easter, is that fine? You know, like, do I gotta give money? You know, I'm not gonna give a lot of money, but like, it's like 100 bucks, 20, like, how much, what's, 
Let me know what the like the least that I can do that I can still be in and get to go to heaven. Again, if you think about that through a normal relationship, that's crazy talk. I mean, again, think about marriage. If, if that was the question that we were talking about on our wedding day some days, what's the minimum requirements to make What must I do to stay married? Like, all right, well, let's, let's stay up here and say our vows. Hey, hey, you want me to like, take you out on a date? Yeah, we're not going to go every week. Like, is, is twice a year enough? Do we go on a date? Would that be enough for you? You know, like, you know, working on our marriage, like, I'll, I'll read one marriage. One marriage we every 10 years. That's the most I can do. You know, like, you know, oh, you want me to actually, like, come home on time? And you want me to do chores? I'm like, right, just let me know what's the least I can do where you're not going to leave me for somebody else. That would be crazy. Because in a marriage and in a relationship, I think, with Jesus, we don't want just like the bare minimum. If you want the idea of what salvation is, not the narrow little definition, if you want the whole meal deal, it's I want, I want it all. Uh, there's a great book I'm reading that right now by a guy named Scott McKnight, and this is from uh, his book. It's called Jesus King. This idea of I want Jesus to be ruler, Lord of my life. He said, once long ago, I heard John Stott, who's a famous, brilliant, noble scholar, say that some people have been talking about the irreducible minimum gospel. What's the least that I have to do to get in? And John Stott, said, like, he dismissed such an idea. He said, who wants the irreducible minimum gospel, he asked. I want, like, the full biblical gospel. Like, who would want just, like, a barely hanging on type marriage where you can have, to take some work, but a big deep, rich marriage. Who would want just like a, I don't know, I think I'm saved. I don't know. You're going to go to heaven when you die today. I think I will. I think I've done the right thing. Who would want that when you can have the full, rich, full picture of what the gospel is? And by the way, this idea is what Jesus talked about all the time. Uh, here's a couple of different uh, examples of it. Uh, once you said this, he said, not everyone who says to me, or, or, hey, you're my king, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But it's only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, which is the idea of life as it's supposed to be right now and going on for eternity into heaven, it's not just enough to say, okay, yeah, you're my Lord, but I'm not going to actually do anything you say. But if you want to actually experience all of it, you have to do what I say. Uh, at the time, uh, someone asked you the question of what's the greatest commandment, uh, which is really a way of saying, like, okay, what's like, I'm not going to do all of those. It's too much. What, so just let me know what's the most important, and I'll key in on that, and then maybe I'll figure out the rest. And this is how Jesus answered that question. Did Jesus reply, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and the second is like it. Love, love your neighbor as yourself. And by the way, all the law and the prophets hang on these. This isn't like you do some of it. This is my whole heart. My whole. This is everything. Uh, and then Jesus, as he was getting ready to leave Earth and he was getting ready to start the church and kind of get us going on what we were doing two thousand years ago, and he had his disciples up on the hill and he's about to send them out. What he said to them. He says, so therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He doesn't say, okay, I want you to go out and make sure that everyone knows that their sins can be forgiven and that they can go to heaven when they die someday. Although they did tell people that because that was part of it. But Jesus wanted to make sure that they did way more than that. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to do. I want you to make sure what your job is as this group of people who are going to start this thing and we're going to call the church is I want you to go out and teach everyone to live my way. Because as they do, that is how they are going to experience salvation. Not just heaven someday, but heaven right now. Um, here's one of my favorite quotes. It's by a guy named uh, Richard uh, Foster. So you see, the goal of the Christian life is not simply to get us into heaven. Although, going to heaven someday will be awesome. And it, I think it's true. But it's to get heaven into us. So over and over again, the idea of Jesus is that what heaven is, is heaven is the place where Jesus is absolutely king. Jesus is the place where, uh, what's the guy this past week? Heaven is the place where like, you can't miss God. It's not like it's like the like Wizard of Oz, or you know, where it's like you, know, you can go around and kind of live your whole life, and somewhere, you know, the wizard is somewhere in his room, you know, but you can hang you know, in heaven, like God's presence would just be everywhere. You like absolutely can't miss it. And the way that things were supposed to be, the way that people are supposed to treat each other, the way that people are supposed to behave, all the things of the way that life is supposed to be free from sin is the way of heaven. And our goal is just to hope that we get there someday, but that that way can get deep, deep inside of us. And then I wonder, what if, what if there was a group of people who just lived with that reality of heaven being deep inside of them all the time? What kind of good news would that be? What kind of good news if, if, the life of heaven was in you right now. That this, if somehow that was to start filtering out the stress and anxiety that maybe you feel as you get ready for Christmas. If that was filled with kind of the, the hope and contentment that, that God, what kind of good news would that be for you? If you were to replace all of that negativity and, and jealousy and whatever, if you, what kind of good news would that be for the people that you spend time with? For the people that you're married to? If all of heaven was to fill you up, what kind of good news would that be for your kids? What kind of good news would that be for the people that I went around on the van and saw at, at, at Joseph's house? If there was a group of people who were just filled to the brim with the life of heaven inside of them, and they saw people with dignity and respect the way that I think we'll all see each other in heaven, they saw that people like that right now, they saw their possessions in that way, what kind of good news would that be? For the folks I know that are struggling with their financial world, if they were to believe the way that God teaches them to teach their finances, and the people that are struggling in their relationships and their marriage, if that was to fill them right now, what would that, what kind of good news, what kind of salvation would that sweep through our city, sweep through our homes, sweep through our lives? And that, I think, is the big big picture of what salvation is and what God intended and what we want to be as a group of people. The group of people that are just desperate to get as much heaven into us as possible. To not, do, not see anything as optional. But like I want to go as deep with Jesus as possible because the more I do, the more I make Jesus Lord of my life, then that's how I'm going to experience salvation today and forever.
Uh, lastly, I'll take communion each week. And one of the things that we want to remember every week when we take communion is so much this idea of salvation. Like going back to Zacchaeus, I think Zacchaeus, a lot of us live in that world. And maybe it's us, and maybe we feel like that we're the ones who are distant from Jesus and people aren't going to really want. Jesus is going to really want us to be close to him because of the things we've done. Or maybe sometimes we have people in our world and we think, like, those, if they ever came to my church, I, mean, I wouldn't even want that. You know what they've done. You know their backstory. You know, we, we have different political parties, different family members. We just demonize in some way or another. And we think somehow, like, they're further from God than what we are ourselves. Or maybe there's other people that are closer to God than we are ourselves. But again, what Jesus lets us know constantly is that God demonstrates his love for us. That while we were still sinners, like Zacchaeus, he invites us over for dinner. While we were still sinners, he wants to spend time with us. While we were still sinners, while everyone else thinks that he's going to, man, Jesus is about to like call off on this person, you know, get ready. While we were still right in the middle of it, that's when Christ died for to show us absolutely that I love you. You can actually do the worst thing to me possible. You can kill my son. And even then, I still love you. And to let that message of that kind of love penetrate into our hearts is the epitome of getting heaven into us so that it changes everything. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, a prayer. Uh, the band is going to come up and they're going to sing a song. And at any point while you guys are singing the song, as you guys are going through the words, you can say your own prayer if you would like. The song is really a prayer in itself. But at any point uh, during the song, there's a cup on your uh, table and you can take bread, you can take juice to remember this God that loves us and that is inviting you to a salvation, heaven way of life starting right now, and it will never end. And I tell you, trying to live it, not living perfectly, it's good. It's good news. It's a better way to live. It's a salvation way to live. That's right. I just thank you so much for the love that you show each and every single one of us. You've invited us not just to get to go transported to a magical place in heaven someday. But you are inviting us to make you Lord right now. And then as we do, that will start the journey of salvation and it will just keep getting deeper and better and better like any great relationship does. Thank you that when we screw up and when we are making a mess of the whole thing, you constantly offer